Hi. Hi. So I got my uh, I got my windows open back here because it's uh, we're having a little Indian summer here in uh, upstate New York, and uh, you're going to hear some crows. What if a bird flies into the room well, while gonna, we're recording? It's going to be very exciting if that happens. Very exciting. Do you have a list of questions for this bird? <laughs> or are you going to just wing it? Oh! Oh! <laughs> Very good, Ed. Got a new microphone. Yeah, I got a Yeti like yours. It's just a different color. But um But it's hanging it's on a dongle. Yeah. Well, the reason is um I decided that uh I used to have this idea that I had to have a few professional microphones for recording music. Um, but this is just as good for my uses and, uh, it's easier and it has uh, a bunch of different settings on the back that make it suitable for different types of, uh, different types of, uh, recording, different types of sources. And, uh, so I got this shock mount so that when I am say strumming a guitar and tapping my foot, it won't make thumping, uh, buzzing sounds. Now you've you've gone silent, or you're just not listening. <laughs> Hello there. Hi. So, um, good, good to see you. Good to hear you. We haven't talked for a while. No, summer, both of, both summer of our got summers. into high gear. Yeah, and, for real. Uh, it just seemed uh, there's a lot of traveling, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of uh, little obligations. Uh, it would seem to me that you. Went to Oregon, and you went to Kansas. Is this correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess when I say when I say traveling, uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound as exotic when you say that it's largely within the state that I already live in and the one that I grew up in. Oh, that's right. I, <laughs> I used to. I'm still. I'm still in the mindset of you being in Washington State and traveling to Oregon. You're traveling to a different part of Oregon when you travel to Oregon. I didn't even travel to Washington State. <laughs> really? I'm, I'm about to in October. We just had a planning meeting uh, last night for a uh, uh, the third annual uh, Airstream Poetry Festival, hmm. which is out at uh, Seaview, Washington, which is just over the the Astoria Bridge. And I'm it's a uh, I'm googling it, it. It makes it sound a little grander to call it a poetry festival. It's some people getting together in some airstream trailers. <laughs> do you have uh, do you have any who don't um, mind poetry? Do you have any financial support from the airstream trailer company? No, they've given us nothing. Because they're nothing. they're a going concern again. I'm I'm to understand. They're not a surely they're a subsidiary of other some other stream. I don't know. <laughs> Some other stream, Gulf Stream or Blackwater. Okay, or... let's see. Airstream USA. Hey, Oscar. They had hey. they managed to get Airstream dot com. Yeah, and their trailers. Their trailers look uh, like the traditional trailers. I said no. Okay. okay. You can Hi, Oscar. Here. How you doing? You can listen though. What's up, buddy? How are you? Good. What are you going to do today? It's Saturday. You're going to go to the park? We're going to go swimming. 
We're going to go swimming. Oh, good. Is it, it's warm enough to go swimming. That's great. Yeah, and yeah, it, it has turned bubbles in uh-huh. that pool. Oh, that okay, sounds it's warm, awesome. It's warm enough to go swimming in a heated pool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, we started the podcast. That's okay, for Say hi. Okay, say bye to Johnny. Bye. Bye, Oscar. Have a good one. Oh, sorry, Dad. Oh, I was just coughing. Oh, I got ice for delay. You've you've got him trained to apologize when you cough. It was a weird cough. We <laughs> <laughs> got a little bit of a sore throat uh, from fires from the smoke that is. Uh, Persisting in Portland. Yeah, your your whole your whole Northwest seems to be ablaze at the moment. It is. Uh, we only had two bad days here in Portland. Um, unlike our friends in Missoula, who are in their third month oh, of constant smoke. Uh, has it been a droughty year? It is, I believe, officially a drought. Yeah, that's not good. The rain's supposed to move in today or tomorrow and uh, should last until May. So that will probably <laughs> take care of a lot of the drought. Uh, so uh, you had been about to tell me about the Airstream Poetry Festival. What is it? Uh, well, it's – I don't know how many people are going to go. There's an old lodge. Yeah. It's a black lodge. Ah. Uh, or maybe it's a red lodge. I'm not sure. Yeah. There's an old lodge on the beach in Seaview, and then there are some cabins clustered around it, and then there are some trailers clustered around those. So clusters sort of within r- clusters. Radiates out from the uh, the sea-facing lodge, which is called the Southwester. Nice. And uh, going out, we just uh, went over to Mother Foucault's last night. Some of us involved and judged a contest so that somebody gets to go out there for a week. In their stream trailer, and was it uh, was it a poem contest or was it some uh, more dangerous type of contest? It was the most dangerous contest. It was a <laughs> submit three poems, yeah, and uh, be judged. But they were all good. They were it was actually it was a very good, uh, um, good bunch of submissions. I usually I usually decline to judge contests um, because they're often a lot of work and. Um, you don't usually get paid much at all for it, but my I have a fear that I will dislike all the um, submissions, and no. then I will either declare n- no winner, which is incredibly mean. That's and not cool. I, I wouldn't actually do it. Although I think Zadie Smith did it once for a kind of major award. I can't remember what that was. Merwin did it for Merwin the, the Yale Younger Poets Award. Yeah, the year that I was a finalist. <laughs> well, the 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 lesson of that is, is don't don't <laughs> don't hire someone with standards to judge your contest. Yeah. Uh, but then, what I would of course do is just uh, issue the award anyway um, to whom whomever was the least uh, the least offensive to my sensibilities. But you didn't have this problem. Did not have such a problem. We read them blind, and uh, well, I mean that's. 
kind of confusing thing to say. We read them not knowing who the uh, uh, the name with the names redacted. Yeah, yeah. That's wise. And we ended up knowing most of them because you'd read them before and knew the style. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't recognize any of the poetry. Then I was I was surprised to find out who some of the uh, the people were because I knew them a, a little bit but hadn't read their poetry, and it was nice to know that the people are are good. Oh, nice. Nice to discover that somebody who, who seems nice also has an inner life. That happens uh, a lot in the writing world. I have to say that um, more more often than one would expect that mm. you know someone and you think they are nice, and then you read their book and they turn out to be pretty good at writing as well. Oh, you know, that's not bad. Yeah, it's a it's a happy circumstance. And then I corralled a bunch of the. Uh, the readers to go to a uh, to 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 cross some sort of barrier and go to a a bluegrass party. Of course, you did. And I was surprised to find that the uh, um, you know the person who I, I just met is a painter who you know left left a voicemail for somebody in 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 gorgeous French. Mm. Uh, I thought oh, this person's not going to like this. And it turns out to be from very rural Arkansas and plays music and just happened to uh, get educated at some point. So, so why? But like why? It was a fun little bluegrass party. Did this person think that they were leaving a message for francophones or is it just gratuitous French? It was just uh, picked up a phone and started speaking French into it, <laughs> which is wonderful. Yeah. I might have been saying horrible. You know, horrible things, but I'd be none the wiser. Sure. If it was written down, I could deduce it, but uh, I, I cannot understand spoken French, really. No, I no, I, I, I can't do either. I know no, no French at all. I suspect that nobody can. <laughs> it's a scam, a scam. I got one annoyed. More, one more janky European scam. I got annoyed on Twitter by... Uh, John Podhoretz, who was don't read, saying, "Don't that, read, don't read, don't read that person." Well, no, I don't follow him, but someone, okay. uh, a reporter I do follow, whose work I admire, retweeted his tweet saying that I guess he was linking to an interview with uh, David Lynch, in which David Lynch declines to explain Twin Peaks: The Return, and Podhoretz sort of triumphantly says, "Oh, well, it's uh, Lynch is such a con man. He, you know, he doesn't he doesn't answer because he knows that the." It, it doesn't mean anything at all. I thought, man, how does somebody like that get into a... I mean, obviously, there are reasons not to like Twin Peaks The Return if it's not to your taste, but um, I happen to think it was great. But, um, you know, not understanding something and jumping right to it must be a scam is, uh, is, is, is an attitude I despise. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that exchange, and I uh, um, was similarly outraged. Yeah. It's also one of the reasons why the my compromise with Twitter is I, I turn off almost everyone's uh, retweets so that I don't have to. Oh, can you do that? Mm-hmm. I recommend it. See, here's the thing. I use a third-party client um, because mm-hmm. I can't stand looking at advertising. If, in, if I could pay money to eliminate all advertising from my life, I would do it. And mostly mm-hmm. I can do that. So, for instance, I... I subscribe to Hulu, the uh, TV delivery service, 
And right. if you pay a couple extra bucks a month, you get no ads. So I either I'm going to pay that or I'm not going to have Hulu, basically. But you can't do that with social media. You can't do it with Twitter and Facebook. You can, though, get a third-party Twitter client. Um, I use Twitterific. No, I use Tweetbot. Uh, Twitterific mm-hmm. is another good one. But And Tweetbot will not show you the ads. But it also prevents you from doing certain things that are useful, such mm-hmm. as sort of... Um, I think it has filtering, but not as uh, I would rather as... see ads than a lot of retweets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Because they are ads. A retweet is a kind of ad. Yeah. For a feeling that somebody had. Yeah. Well, I, I do this periodically. I know you do too, and I think your 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 sine wave of. Uh, engagement and disengagement is more, perhaps more intense than mine, but we, I think we're similar in that we, we're into it for a little while and then we pull back and then we go back in and then we pull back. And I'm in a pullback phase where I'm not leaving Twitter and I'm, I'm on Twitter frequently, but I, I've yeah. un, strategically unfollowed a bunch of people whom I like in real life. Yes. But who, for some reason, Twitter brings out the worst in them. Lots of gratuitously negative opinions designed more to enrage people than to um, right. than to start right. conversations. And these people are not like this in real life. I like to hang out with them. I like to see them, at, you know, occasionally when I'm when I'm traveling. But uh, I don't need that, and right. I, I and they're not even going to notice that I don't follow them anymore. Yeah, it's good. To, it's good to scale back. Um, you know, I go off. <laughs> off them entirely sometimes but then i you know i come back and i i mean how, how can you avoid it as a you know as a person who works in words how can you avoid these word-based things that are connecting lots of other yeah and at, at their best you know, they're the they're, they're the greatest they're the greatest i i love my friends i have lots of great interesting conversations about literature and other things with them on twitter but um also i get I get uh, Pot Horitz's advertisement for himself drifting, drifting down my screen, and I got yeah. Figure, see if you see if you can't turn off retweets. Okay, it'll uh, make things better. You have to yeah. do them individually for people, but that's usually if, if I see a retweet that that bothers me or annoys me, I just turn off that person's retweets right away because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be missing anything. Yeah, yeah. Also, I'm I, I have felt policed. Oh, really? On social media lately. Well, probably because you know, one it times being what they are. Sometimes you have to type in, you know, fuck this monster, <laughs> um, <laughs> and everyone who supports him. And then I went back for a family reunion, and my one of my aunts was like, "I'm worried you're going to get on some kind of list <laughs> or get arrested." I was like, "God, I hope I get arrested. <laughs> you know, I'll be I'll be ashamed if at the end of this I haven't gotten arrested at least once." <laughs> um, but you know, I realized, oh, there's a lot of people who read these things that aren't saying anything, but they are registering them and they're talking about them. Yeah, to, my my um, beloved colleague Stephanie Vaughn, who I who I've never seen on social media or the internet or in any context other than Cornell, um, she uh, she let slip that she she saw one of my tweets, and then uh, when I called her on it, she 
confessed to having seen more tweets, and it turns out she's <laughs> she, she's lurking and and observing everyone. So I'm curious, like who, which non-active Twitter user, um, or not? She, she she is. Could she be the Duchess? <laughs> it's not out of the question that she's the Duchess. I I think not, but maybe. She's. I don't think that's quite her aesthetic, but right. Um, what she, a great disguise! Yeah, it, it, is, it is a good disguise. But she is she is funny and sardonic, and uh, and knows a lot of writers. So there you go. Maybe boy, do I not want to know who the Duchess is anymore? There was a time when I was really curious, but I just don't. I'm not interested. In fact, if if I find out, I'll be very disappointed. Yeah. What if it's been you the whole time? Well, then I'll, then I'll be kind of excited, actually. <laughs> I'm sort of surprised. Yeah. Puzzled. Yeah. I have to work out how that happened. but uh... Listen, listen, listen to this. See what I got here? This oh, man, you got a lot of new stuff. No, this isn't new. I just moved it over to the podcast area. I suddenly realized... One of my problems when we when we podcast is I want a refill of coffee. I have to get up and cross the room to the coffee pot. But then I remembered the coffee pot that I have doesn't have a heated element that the coffee pot sits on. It's a it's an insulated it's a carafe. Carafe that stays warm for a couple of hours and I can just carry it across the room. I could bring the yeah. carafe with me. You can do that. Is it uh, metal or is it mm, glass line? It's metal. Um which I at first d- didn't didn't like because it uh, gets it, it gets dirty, it, it discolors, and there's a film of coffee debris on it. You can't get it off even by scrubbing. I tried um, I tried like bartender's barkeeper's friend, um, which works on. Oh, you're uh, you're talking, but you're um, you've gone. Have you there tried you lemon go. juice? What's that? Have you tried lemon juice? Uh, well, I. I actually have an answer. I didn't try lemon juice, oh. but um, the answer is I just found this on somewhere on the internet. You take one Fresh of those, um, like uh, the brand they recommended was Cascade, I think, but it's like those little, you know, that when you do, uh, maybe it's laundry or maybe it's the pods. Yeah, the pods. You drop a pod in there and then you boil water and you just fill the craft with boiling water and let it sit there for half an hour. And then when you pour it out, it's gone. Completely gone. So So now I'm I'm happy with it. it stays warm That's and I know good. I know how to clean it. I picked up a glass lined carafe from a different coffee maker at a Goodwill in Roseburg, Oregon for four bucks. Yeah. So I, I pour I, I use my Mr. Coffee and I pour it into into that, which holds it keeps it warm for six or seven hours. Oh, that's nice. That's a long and time. And it's unsightly. Yeah. It's unsightly. It looks like it came from the Goodwill in Roseburg, Oregon. Maybe it even has a sticker on it saying Roseburg, Oregon. Might be why I think that. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably why you think that. What else has been going on, John Lennon? Well, I started writing a um, a novel. I tried writing a novel like a the first couple chapters back in the spring and um, set it aside, went on the book tour, just traveled all summer, kept Mm -hmm. not getting back to it. 
And then when I was in North Carolina visiting the old uh, Story Mountain uh, gang, uh, came up with this other novel idea. And for the rest of the summer, I just went like mad at it and wrote about 100 pages. And um, and then just realized I, I, I hate it. So I, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So I went and then I thought, oh, shit, I've wasted my summer. And then I went back to the other thing to see why I um, abandoned it. And it suddenly seemed like it was almost dreamlike. Like I, I, I suddenly was like, why did I, why did I stop writing this? This is the best, most fun thing imaginable. And so on uh, Thursday, two days ago, I started writing it again. And then yesterday I had, and I not, I don't say this lightly, I think I had the most satisfying day of writing of my entire life. Most satisfying day writing your entire life. Yeah. I don't know if it's any good. You've been writing for three years now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I decided to try my hand at this <laughs> writing game. <laughs> uh, it's a big statement. Just, I wrote 1,500 words here at home, and then I thought, you know, I could do some more of this, and I put my... Uh, Threw the th- up, you know, loaded the thing onto the iPad and threw that in my satchel, and then walked downtown to give me coffee, and I wrote another thousand words or so there. And I walked all the way home. It was great. It was great. Multiple locations. Yeah, and, and here's what it felt like. It felt like um, Missoula. It felt like that first first year in Missoula, that mm-hmm. uh, grad school feeling of. New new scenery, new people. I mean, I don't have new scenery, new people here, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and but this time, there's a lot of new people around. You are in a college town. Sure, sure. I have new. It's true. I have new students, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, Ithaca is big enough so that I, you know, I don't recognize everybody when I go downtown. So, right. Um, and everything had this magical sparkle to it this this glisten it was you know i i was sitting outside the coffee shop and i watched a um a dangerously thin 60 year old man harassing a girl who works at the pizza pizza place next door and it was beautiful it was beautiful conflict all around everything was lovely Mm -hmm. so um and after after I post the podcast, I'm going to work on it some more. I hope this. I hope today is even better. I don't think it will be. I think I think I think when when a, when a day is good enough for me to recognize how good it is, that means I peaked. But yeah, I do. You can't but have I do that think day again. no. But I think it's yeah. going to continue to be fun. Here's the thing, though. Uh, at the midpoint, before I went downtown, but after I wrote the first chunk. I uh, opened up a tub of yogurt, and uh, this was the it's a new new variety. Wegmans, our local grocery chain, has a, their new version of of Greek yogurt the the uh-huh. thick, uh, the thick creamy kind of right. yogurt made by the photographer like. William Wegman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and William, his dogs. William yogurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, the dog hair in every tub. <laughs> uh and I was opening the yogurt and I sliced sliced my uh pinky on the 
on the plastic. It it looks it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. But for a while, I couldn't. It wasn't bad enough for me to go all the way upstairs and get a band aid. Um, but it was bad enough that it kept bleeding, and for mm-hmm. a while there, I was literally bleeding onto my keyboard like Paul Oster, bleeding words onto the page. Yeah, Paul Oster, man Booker, or, or your, your guitar uh, namesake, man Booker uh, uh, nominee. I'm glad he's finally getting some recognition. I mean, he was really raked through the coals by the critics for I that know. new book. I know, but it's clearly clearly the critics were wrong. It's <laughs> it's, a, it's a masterpiece. <coughs> I did notice in the formal statement that uh, their main observation about the novel was its length. I think it had to be. It had to be a. It had to be a, a gesture of a career a career acknowledgement gesture. They can't have read it and put it on that list, right? Probably, probably decided I could either put this on the list or read it. Yeah, <laughs> and decided to do the easier of the two. The effort of picking it up, carrying it across the room, and putting it in the yes pile was yeah. uh, exhausting. And opening it at that point just became. They didn't impossible. mean to put it in the yes pile, but it was so heavy. Yeah, that even with all their man booker strength they couldn't dislodge it <laughs> uh, yeah yeah the national book award lists came out yeah good list i'm not on it there I was haven't uh, i was not on it either um uh, i haven't also haven't read most of the books um no me neither i might uh, not have read any of them yeah. actually yeah. uh I, I think i i, I think i think i will read some of them some of them sound interesting. I intend to read. I have not, on not my coffee. Titles. I have on my coffee table uh, Carmen Mikado. Is that how her name is pronounced? Um, her debut story collection, which is a Grey Wolf book, and uh, we're Twitter friends. Seems like a really As with nice person. The rest person. of the books, yeah. The rest of the books were are also, also Grey Wolf. Grey yeah. books. Yeah. Grey, Grey Wolf is killing it. We, yeah. What is it? Three. Oh, and uh, I'm going to read. Uh, I definitely am going to read Daniel Alarcon's uh, collection. Um, yeah. I really love his stuff. But um, yeah, was it three three poetry? Or Grey Wolf? Two or three. Yeah, yeah, three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes, you and I, you and I were not nominated for any awards this year, right? Someone was someone tweeted something horrible. I'm back to that again. It was a retweet actually, and I shouldn't mm-hmm. have seen it. Turn off retweets. And it said, if you can't feel happy for fellow writer's success, then there's something deeply wrong with you. Well, there's something deeply wrong with me, and that's why I'm a writer. <laughs> I mean, if you're a writer, there's something deeply wrong with you. Yeah. Also, if you're a person, there's something deeply wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it made like, me so uh, mad. like I'm mortal. Like I'm going to die. It's like really, really. In addition to everything else, I have to be. I have to pretend to be happy for others. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I'm glad for them. I guess. Yeah. I'm, I don't feel insulted by their uh, being on a list. Well, when someone I 
admire. I didn't, feel, I didn't feel like I had a chance of being on it. So when someone I admire, uh, who I also, especially if I like them personally, I I have no resentment about their deservedly getting nominated for or winning an award. Um, but uh, you know, of course you're of course you're mad you're not on it if you published a book that year. Yeah. Of course you're grumpy yeah. about it. Leave grumpy. me alone. Uh, at least a moment of grumpiness. Yeah. Passes, but I was like, ah, oh, okay, all right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, all right. These are the phases. Well, you know what? I, I, I found out this news, this non-news, uh, when I woke up yesterday, and then I went on to have the most satisfying day of writing of my career. So there you go, there you go. So maybe, uh, maybe being uh, embittered and resentful for ten minutes is a good thing. Yeah. For 10 minutes. Deeply wrong with me. Deeply wrong with you. <laughs> did, you person, see, uh, did you see, did you see Daniel? That's what they're talking about. You see Daniel Steele's desk? Danielle Steele? Daniel Steele, the, uh, the romance writer. Um, I don't, I don't see her desk. Oh, I'm going to show it to you. I got a, got a, I got a text message from, uh, Stephanie said, it just said, uh, Start making room for your Christmas present, and then there was a link to uh, yeah. link to the thing I'm about to send you. Oh Jesus! Now I have to find the goddamn. It's there we just, go. It's a little. There it is. There it is. Can I just paste there? I pasted it in. There we go. Here, here it comes. See, it turns out Daniel Steele has a custom desk shaped like. A pile of her own books. That is, I, I just want that desk. Mm-hmm. I want it to, uh, not not like my version of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hers. I just want hers. When it's, it's just Danielle Steele all over it. Yeah, definitely. I bet she doesn't write at that desk. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really care. She can do what she wants. She's Daniel Steele. She. uh my grandfather, when he was, uh, he lost his eyesight and was ill for the remainder of his life, uh, started listening to Daniel Steele audiobooks. Yeah. And he loved them. Are they, mis- they're not mysteries, are they? No, I've never read them. They're romances, though. Yeah. I don't think they're, they're mystery romances. Don't know. Yeah. Row mysteries, as they don't call them. Mm-hmm. Manster Rose. <laughs> I think they call it Manster Rose. Yeah. So uh, yesterday, um, so I've been renting this this place from my friend uh, Marianne. She's a fine landlady. Um, I, I I like living here. I'm going to buy it from her. I think um, early next year. So, um, but I've slowly been, she had a bunch of furniture in it and I've been slowly sort of replacing the furniture and other stuff and rugs and things. So she's coming by with her truck to pick up some of her stuff and haul it away. And, uh, I was here, um, had the screen door open and was, you know, was working, had my feet propped up and she knocked on the door and said, hello, through the screen door. And I yelled, come on in. There's this long pause. And she said, no, why don't you come out? 
and I realized, uh, and I realized this because I would feel the same way. She couldn't bear to look at my version of her apartment. Mm. Seeing someone else living in yeah. the space that you used to live in. Especially, Not a good feeling. She she had said that she she was here in kind of an uh, emotionally intense portion of her life, and it was a kind of restorative stay for her. So the apartment is freighted with feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, fragile feelings of uh, tentative, uh, uh, tentative growth. Yeah, yeah, those that could come crashing down if she saw. A uh, a bad sofa. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to see. It. Well, I, actually, it's her sofa. Her sofa was great. She's selling it to me. It's very yeah. good. Very good sofa. It's what they call a sectional. It's L shaped. She saw uh, uh, some turkey jerky <laughs> in line at the uh, grocery store. Yeah. Instead of beef jerky. Yeah. I just watched all of the Twin Peaks over the last couple of days. Oh, so. good. Can we talk about it? We can talk about it. Oh, Ed, I love it so much. Um, I love the hammy, stiff acting. I mm. love the the dangling plot lines. Mm. Um, I love the like the perverse withholding of the canonical Dale Cooper. Um, I love the return of Cheryl Lee. He just um, shuffles around like E.T. Most of the <laughs> really does. most of the show. He really does. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing I realized, I had, I had, I had a talk, a long uh, phone conversation with Alyssa Washuda about this. She told this great anecdote, and I think it's going to – she had been writing a book about a, a relationship she'd had. And um, uh, she said it's slowly turning into a book about Twin Peaks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now I'm very excited to see what yeah. she comes up with. But she told this anecdote about going with this guy she used to date – to a bar in Seattle that she used to go to. And it was a very familiar place to her. And she, she knew the space by heart, had spent a lot of years in it when she, in her drinking years, um, and was led by friends into a back room that she didn't know existed and had not been there before. And they walk into the room and it's the Black Lodge. It has been decorated to look exactly like the oh. Black Lodge. Very good. That that is an experience I would like to have had. Yeah, yeah. But no. anyway, we were talking. I was talking about her, talking to her about. I feel like the the one of the successes, especially of season three. Um, and I would also add in um, Fire Walk With Me, which I rewatched with Owen a few weeks ago and is far, far better than I remembered it. I, and I really love it. Um, and I think Cheryl Lee deserved an Oscar for it. It's an extraordinary, terrifying performance from her. Um, I feel like it is a completely coherent, cohesive world that he's created with the black lodge and the sort of narrative logic of the black lodge and what powers it has and the, and the characters that people it, um, and the different spaces within the black lodge. 
it all makes a kind of sense. But Lynch doesn't bother to put all the sense into the show. So when you see it and people refer to it, you can feel the order, but you never actually see it. It remains enigmatic to you. Not confusing necessarily, just you're allowed to be suspended in this feeling of, of puzzlement in a world that you know makes sense, but you can't figure out what that sense is. And that is really exciting to me. Yeah, it is exciting. It is exciting. It's uh, um, uh, so much better than other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is one of the one of, <laughs> one of the surprising things about it. Because there's a lot of other good things. Yeah. Um, and it's so much better than them. Okay, I'm so, I'm glad you like it too. I was worried. I put off watching it. Sure. Uh, and then I couldn't couldn't put it off any longer. Like the first episode is free. First couple episodes are free on YouTube through Showtime, and I, I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll see. And I hope I was hoping that it was horrible. I was really <laughs> crossing my fingers. Why? Why did you want to be that? Isle of Dookie. Why? It was not. No. Why were you hoping <laughs> for bad? That's because it's. Um, I didn't know if there was room in my head for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's not. But it, it's 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 made a space. Yeah. It's enlarged the space that was already there. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. irritatingly uh the irritating space because it's never been satisfying. No. Right? It's not satisfying. It's fun to watch. It's funny. I feel uh, like the first, pardon me, I feel like the first two seasons were like that. There was, uh, the, but they didn't, it ultimately didn't satisfy me, but this, this season did. Um, there were, I, I have, it has shortcomings. There are things I could complain about, but, um, sure. at, you know, considering that this guy was semi-retired from filmmaking and suddenly out of nowhere basically made 18, 18 movies. Hour film. Yeah. <laughs> He just, yeah. and so much of it is so good. There were a few episodes that were a little dull, um, and not much was moved forward. But um, for the most part, I I I thought it was wildly successful. Yeah. So well done, David Lynch. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. In fact, and I don't think. Sorry, actors, you all have to die now. <laughs> what They're the hell? Dying off at a quick, quick rate. Well, a lot of them were. A number of them had died during the filming. Yeah. Uh, Catherine Coulson. And, I think uh, the giant. Oh, he died too? I think so. Oh, I didn't know that. And Miguel Ferrer died right after the filming, I think. Um, and, uh, and now uh, Harry Dean Stanton. What a, what a wonderful character. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, I'm pretty sure that I was able to return to this novel um, that I'm now writing because of Twin Peaks. Because I think the thing I didn't like about it was I had written, I was alternating two things, the, the present and a bunch of backstory that kind of explained the circumstances that led to the present. And um, when I opened up the file again, I just deleted all the backstory. Yeah. offloaded it into another file if I want to refer to it. I don't, and I, and I, and suddenly I'm free. Yeah. Suddenly I don't, there's no obligation to explain anything. Yeah. Um, and, 
I'm excited about that. God, I, I suddenly, I just suddenly hate backstory. <laughs> People don't need things explained to them. No. Mm. Also, also over the summer, and I had this comment in the back of my head. I might even have mentioned it on this podcast before, but I, I kept it in the back of my head and didn't act upon it until this week. But it was a conversation with Jonathan D., a friend of mine, the novelist. And um, I was at a bar after a reading I gave with him and his uh, partner, Dana Spiata, also a novelist, and we were talking about fiction, of course. And, I didn't know that was Yeah. And, uh, um, and I asked what he was working on, and he said, oh, I just finished a novel. And he said, it... And it ha- and I'm excited about it because it has no backstory, is no flashbacks, no one has memories. He said it was like a little little wind up toy. I just wound it up and it just goes forward. And I thought, oh, yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. And I forgot about it. And I started writing a giant novel with, from four points of view in which everyone is remembering things. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. Well, you had maybe had to write that and erase it to, to get there. Maybe, maybe, but uh, that was your first way of struggling with that problem was to uh, uh, fight it. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. I guess, I guess, uh, I guess you gotta. You still have to fight the boss fight before this is. I'm talking as though my problem has been solved, <laughs> right. even though it's just this just happened the other day. I'm sure I'll, I'll, and I'll encounter roadblocks with this book too in the not books. at all not one <laughs> but um but i owe you a might lot even, to you might even finish it today john <laughs> you never know might have a fifty thousand word day yeah but uh but i'm but i'm excited now and, and i owe a lot of it to twin peaks that's good i love throwing things out i just threw out 30 or 40 pages of poems oh yeah and I was like, ah, oh, that's the, that's the revision that I was looking for. <laughs> Undoing. Do you? And, okay. it felt, and it felt like it didn't. I didn't feel like I wasn't. I liked. I think it's important to finish what you start. Um, and uh, it just felt like this was the appropriate finish for what I had started. It was like, oh, delete. So delete. when that's you competent. say when you that's say throw adequate. out, <laughs> when you that's say throw out, do you mean gone or do you gone. mean? Yeah, I've got it in a drawer somewhere. Okay, so you printed them out and they exist. Drafts exist. Drafts um, exist, okay. Only because they're stapled to the parts that I kept. Okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, that, that's competent but trivial. <laughs> I don't need that. No one needs that. And yeah. then someone might decide, okay, I'm just writing this for the drawer. Like, just kind of, like, you know, it's like writing stuff about... You know, family and anger. Um, thinking, okay, I can. I don't want to publish this, but I, I want to. I want to write this. Sure. I looked at. It, I was like, I don't even want to write that. <laughs> just, just like I, my 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 instinct was to to keep it private. Was a form of the instinct of get rid of. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of the bad stuff. Yeah. So, do you feel better now? I'm a little hungover. Do you have a way forward? Uh, <laughs> um, I think I, I've got some sheets. <laughs> oh, look at that. There's some sheets. 
would have have a scheme, a repetition scheme on them. Uh-huh. I'm going to try to follow this repetition scheme. That's yeah. what. After and I, I so Oscar started kindergarten. Oh, really? Oh. Kindergarten. And so I've had for the first time in 5 years. Um like uh Five or six uninterrupted hours a day. Damn, that's nice. Um, consecutively, I haven't had that. And uh, uh, teaching hasn't started yet, so I, I probably worked more this week than I have. That I may ever have. Yep. And and just powered through, like you know, stacks of notebooks, you know, typed up, work, draft, coffee shop, print. Revise, print, revise, print, revise, print, revise. Um, and just kind of reduced, I mean, it's got to a point where I realized I don't know anything about poetry. Yeah. Or what what it is, or what why what you're supposed to do, is what, that, what's good. Is that epiphany uh, uh, exciting? Oh, it's productive. Yeah, it's a productive one. Well, it just it reminds me that, that uh, the, it's, 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 it's freeing. It's liberating. Sure. You know, so I don't know. I'm not, don't know exactly what what this is, but I I think that I'll figure out something. Move ahead. Hey, buddy, how's the waffle scene? He's not in kindergarten today. No. <laughs> so you uh, kindergarten's fun. He's at a he's a little arts uh, arts focus elementary school, which means that that it has about the same level of. Um, arts instruction that schools had 20 years ago. Okay, good. <laughs> you say that the arts focus means that they haven't fired the art teacher. <laughs> they fired the PE teacher instead of the art teacher. <laughs> that's good. I think that's literally what it means. <laughs> it's like things it doesn't have. Five-year-old does not need a PE teacher. No, he's an anti-PE teacher. Yeah. Needs to know less. He's yeah. He has no trouble uh, like with movement, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or like energy level. I've taken note of that. Yes. Yeah. He's a yeah. he's a small child. Yeah. They they tend not to be sluggish. Everybody at this kindergarten, all the other parents are very short. Really. Yeah. Which is compared like to you, or in, compared to the average? Um, I think maybe compared to the average. Interesting. I've been feeling being, lately. He's being the tallest person in, in a room. Yeah. The biggest person in a room. But um, in crowds, there's usually a, a mix. Mm-hmm. This seems to be a bunch uh, of short, shorter people. Maybe you're I being. Feel, uh, I feel like a giant, uh, like a, a depiction of a giant. <laughs> um, like I'm seeing, I'm seeing myself through their eyes. Yeah, and 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 uh, I worry for them. Yeah, sure, sure. But you're taking pleasure in it too. I hope the kids are normal sized. Sure, kids. Yeah, it's hard to walk down the hallway of with a a, you know two hundred people in it, and to be twice the size of everybody. To be four or five times the size of most of them because. But then also, you know, two or three times the size of the adults. I the thing I remember uh, 
fondly and distinctly from uh, from when my kids were in kindergarten was you go in for meetings with the teachers or to an open house and you have to sit in the very tiny chairs that the students sit in and you feel very big sitting at their little tables. But you um, are even bigger than the average adult. Have you had the experience of having to try to fit into a tiny chair? Yeah, I've had to sit on some of those tiny chairs. You're very tall, Ed. That's, that's, that must be quite an experience. Those tiny chairs are pretty sturdy. Yeah. Oh, no. Better made, I would say, than a lot of grown-up chairs. Sure. Uh-huh. Well, a grown-up no- has learned how to sit daintily, but a child has not. So that makes a lot of sense. A lot of plopping down. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of flinging, flinging one's oneself onto the onto the chair. Yeah. So that's a change. Um, the school is. It's near. It's right in the middle of of this zone of inner Southeast Portland yeah. that has probably 10 of the best coffee shops in the world. What? All within about <laughs> 10 blocks of the school. Wow. Um, which is, which works out. And I think that seems to work out a lot. I think the other parents are engaged in weird activities because I see a lot of, uh, of them hunched over, uh, Notebooks and devices at these coffee shops after drop off. Yeah. So. so, do you um, when you drop when you drop off or pick up, do you budget in a little time to hang out at one of the coffee shops? Do you work on your poetry that you don't know anything about? Uh, Five days places? this week. Yeah. yeah. I'll every of course because my other things haven't started yet. Uh, I'm only teaching two days, two three days a week. So I'll still I'll still get to do that. But this week it was every day drop off. Yesterday there was a PTA uh, tea after. Oh, of course there was. Uh, <laughs> I went to that, but um, <coughs> so I went to uh, this is the coffee shop. It's like a motorcycle shop and a coffee shop. CC's Coffee on Sandy. There's Heart, which is really good coffee, and it's made for like like tiny visitors. Very hip. Um, but like everything is, it's it's like going into the kindergarten room. The chairs are very small. It's made for dainty, beautiful people. Let's see, Harsh uh, Coffee Roasters of Portland. So I like to sprawl there. Mm, some definitely some shallow depth of field photography of beans mm. flying around. Yeah, yeah. This looks very much like uh, for our beloved uh, Gimme, where I wrote the other yeah. day. And what was the other one? CC's. CC's, which is like. Uh, like I look and see CCs, but it's a pun on CC. Oh, there it is, CC Motor Coffee Co. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that different aesthetic. <laughs> Boy, the uh, the coffee shops of Portland have got um, have got uh, some real uh, merch. Their merch game is mm. well, CC is very strong super, on merch. Super and tight. people actually are buying um, actual like motorcycle components and things there. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, these jackets are the best. Yeah. <gasps> Flagger jackets. Oh my god, Ed. What's the front yeah. look like? Oh, these are sweet. You should get one. Yeah, this is just like it's just like my uh high school track championship jacket. Except it doesn't say Phillipsburg High School track and field co champs. <laughs> I could get one. I, I'm I'm trying to uh, 
I'm trying to I'm trying to budget my money right now. Mm-hmm. Wondering if I should spend some money on a new portable telephone or just let it let it slide. Mm-hmm. Anyway, these places look great. So these are these your two favorites? These are two of of many choices. Oh, Eddie, this sounds yeah. great. And they have uh, uh, a generous refill policy. Mm-hmm. And good, good music. Really good. Good music. So that's a. Uh, uh, it's it's no hardship to go to one of these places, spend two fifty. Yeah. Maybe three fifty if I'm going to tip. Sure. I'm you got a tip. tip. I'm going to tip. Tip. I'm going to tip. tip a buck. And, yeah. Uh, get some some work done that then gets. Thrown away. Yeah, I'll keep a line. Keep well, a line or two. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. Now, this is all <coughs> because it hasn't begun to rain yet. Uh, we're still in, in kind of drought fantasy land. Uh, when real Portland returns later today, uh, I think this whole landscape will look very different. What do you mean mm-hmm. when real Portland returns? When the rain starts. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. When our six to eight months of rain begin. Got it. Uh, it might uh, this all might might be much more difficult. Yeah. Um. Oh, why? Because more people will be taking shelter in the coffee shops, or no? Because you're not uh, going to casually stroll over. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll just walk down five five blocks to this place to that place. I'm not forty six year old Ed Skoog's not going to do that. A lot of people are doing that, but I, you know, I. I uh, I, uh, it's a lot easier when it's sunny and 75 degrees and when it's the distances seem farther when you it's did, you, you 50 degrees just take a little, little umbrella like like a like a Totoro socks are wet no you can't have umbrellas here <laughs> it's against the rules it's against the rules okay this is news to me no umbrellas in Portland or Seattle that's can't a, have an umbrella. I'm sorry, that's asinine. You can, you can, you can rebel against that. You can buy an umbrella and carry it around for a couple of days, and then you'll lose it. Well, I'm, I am familiar with that phenomenon. Yeah, I, that's yeah, a solved but, problem for me, but it took me decades. Yeah. I it's quite, like um, I keep that shit locked fish, down. Like you know, fish with fins, yeah. fish of the sea and and lake. Sure. They don't carry umbrellas. <laughs> okay, all right. Same reason. Just wouldn't. It, it would look funny. Yeah, and, it would. It, lo- it would help. look very funny. It'd it would be very, help. very amusing to to see. Like a whole school of fish, and they all have umbrellas. Yeah, that'd be great. Here comes like a like a larger fish with an umbrella, trying to eat them, and yeah. trying to like work around the umbrellas. And there would be rain, the rain would be bubbles of air. Bubbles of air from the surface. Raining down on them. <laughs> we both take a moment to contemplate that. Yeah. I suppose that's how it would work. Uh, what are you going to have for lunch today? Well, I'm probably just going to eat some hummus with some uh, tortilla chips. But, um, Do you I've make been, your own hummus? Uh, I did not long ago. Um, and it ate that right up, but I haven't had time lately. Um, actually, I'm going to go to the supermarket later. Maybe I'll get some uh, chickpeas and other ingredients and whip some up. Um, mostly uh, mostly just go with the Sabra when I'm lazy. 
when the when my kids aren't here, um, I tend to I tend not to cook. Although the other night, so when I, I mentioned having gone to North Carolina over the summer to visit uh, uh, my bandmates, and uh, everyone there had different dietary restrictions. So, you know, one one person doesn't eat sugar or wheat. Another person, um, Stephanie, keeps kosher, so she she was not going to eat the the meat the other people were eating. And so, the, um, so uh, our hosts were like polling to see what stuff everyone wanted or could eat, and uh, they said, "No problem. We'll just make a grain bowl." You could put whatever you want in the grain bowl. And I had not heard of a grain bowl, though apparently it's a thing. I have not eaten. heard of a grain bowl. I can I know those two words. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just take a grain. Could be rice. Could be uh, bulgur. In this case, mm-hmm. it was quinoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, cook it up in some broth, some seasonings. And that's your base. And then you just pile shit on top of it. Maybe you... Uh, you uh, roast some uh, some uh, squash, throw that on there. You uh, chop some tomatoes, put that on there. Maybe some uh, corn, you know, throw in some corn. Make a little dressing. Maybe a little, uh, maybe a little lemon uh, mustard, honey mustard dressing. Oh. Oh. Put that on there. Yeah. Uh, I have found, so this, what I have found is when I'm alone... I can make up a batch of grain, and I can make up a batch of everything else, and then rip up a rotisserie chicken and just throw that on no. there for three days in a row. Fennel. I have learned. Sliced fennel. Frying up a bunch of sliced fennel in a pan. Fennel bulb. Fennel bulb. You get a fennel bulb. Yeah. You fry the bits up. A fennel bulb. Uh, that's real good. So this has uh, given me the opportunity to develop this... Versatile, healthy meal that I can eat for three days running without getting bored. Put a fried egg on top of it. Oh, you could totally do that. You could Uh so do that. Mm -hmm. Why haven't I done that? Try it. Maybe I'll do it today. Yeah. Just fry it, put it on top. Yeah. So that's probably my dinner, actually. I'm I'm almost out. I I ran out of fennel. I got to get more fennel, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's fennel season. Oh, is it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I do know that to everything there is a season, John. Well, when you live in the fennel district, every yeah. every season is fennel yeah. season. Yeah, those hot house fennels. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I haven't been eating in a lot of restaurants. Oh, the other, you know, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before, or maybe just to you, but I made, um, I developed a summer cocktail. That involved ginger simple syrup. Yes. And I'm finding that the ritual of making some ginger simple syrup is satisfying. So I made some last night. Half equal parts sugar and water and a whole lot of peeled and sliced ginger. And you just simmer Uh that. It makes your your whole house smell wonderful. I might do that. Did that last night. I've got a little sore throat. So I think a little ginger... Would help with that. A little ginger helps. Yeah, if you were to make, you could make yourself a cup of tea and use some uh, ginger syrup as a bit of a sweetener and uh, seasoning. And then, then I'm then I'm fine. Yeah, your weird cough will uh, go away. It's a weird cough. 
Yeah, weird cough. So what have you been eating? Um, miso soup from a packet. Yeah. Takes care of me pretty good. Middle of the day. Sure. Do you add stuff to it? Just right out of the packet? Is there noodles? Well, I mean, uh, hot water. Okay. Yeah, hot water. I don't add, you know, one day, you know what I put in there? What? I sliced up a hot dog. <laughs> hot dog miso soup. I was, make, I was making hot dogs for Oscar, and I was having miso soup. And I thought, well, why not? Why, why not? not? Why not indeed? And you slice it up, put it in there. <laughs> your, your miso soup is no longer contemplative. <laughs> it's agitated. <laughs> agitated miso soup. But, uh, Hot dogs are, are the agitators of the, yeah. of the culinary and, world. And I've been uh, dealing with tomatoes. Oh. Dealing with a, a, a bounty of tomatoes. A daily, daily crop. I planted... Five plants, uh-huh. two that kind of go along a f- the fence and complement some roses because roses and tomatoes uh, help each other. Okay, Ed, hold on a second. What you're saying to me is bizarre because I did I planted four tomato plants next to my rose bush along along my fence. Did you know that that's a good idea? No, I didn't. Felt like a good idea. Why do they belong together? Something to do with the soil. Really? Something to do with the soil. Yeah. The relative effects on the pH or something yeah. from one to the other is complementary. Maybe there's some nitrogen fixing mm-hmm. going on. Throw some on. sliced hot dogs in there and you've got, you've got a tomato bounty. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and uh, I've, I haven't grown tomatoes in the Northwest for a while. Cause some, some years you don't, we don't have any summer. Yeah. Some, you know, it doesn't get hot, you know, before the fourth, you know, middle of July this year been hot mm-hmm. for a long time it's desertifying here actually and uh so i've i've had you know to deal with two or three pounds of tomatoes a day whoa like, I mean, there's an old lady who comes in and helps thin out <laughs> the tomatoes She's walking by she doesn't speak english but she kind of gestures toward the tomatoes <laughs> it's kind of shrugs yeah enough, enough for everybody So I'm ahead of the, I'm ahead of the tomato game. What are you doing? Are you are, are you um, well? You know, sauces, sauces, of course. Tomato course. sauce for pizza, pasta. Here's uh, here's what happened to me. Um, I got some sort of I got one plant. I got a variety of plants. Threw yeah. out the tags, planted them around the rose bush. The rose bush was new, and the the tomato plants grew so tall. They're about seven feet tall. That's very tall. Yeah, um, I had to I had to keep tying new ropes to keep them from flopping over. The rose bush was obscured by them, and the rose bush rallied and started yeah, shooting up. Yeah, you know, you shooting up its own seven eight foot canes. Uh, really, really weird. So now that yeah. the tomatoes are starting to die back, the t- the tomatoes themselves are not finished. But the yeah, plants are beginning to wither, yeah. and uh, the I'm I'm going to reveal this monstrous rose that I don't know how I'm supposed to, what I'm supposed to do with it. How should I should I lash it to the fence? Anyway, my point is I got I got four plants, your basic beefsteak. Then I got these yellow tomatoes. 
Then I got these orange cherry tomatoes, and then I got some sort of stripy variegated uh, grape tomatoes. Oh, hi, Oscar. Uh, well, you cut the whole ro- all the roses back in November, or so right? I mean, do you? I don't know what you're supposed to do with roses. Your roses at uh, I think November. At some point, you cut them back all the way. Yeah. Yeah, and then they come back the next year. Oh, okay. I'll look that up on your internets. Yeah, or your you can look it on your internet if you want. Okay, I'll I'll do that. Uh, Daddy. Uh huh. Um. It's a waffle time. I need I need you to make coffee for your drink. Oh, I need to make coffee for my drink. All right. Well, why don't we call it a why don't we call it a morning then? You go eat your waffles and drink your coffee. We say yeah. we, we, the picnics are all done, so you that's made why, breakfast for all of us. That's why we're setting it up already. That's sweet. Yeah. Come on. Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hankering for lunch? It's time for love.